If someone were to give a synopsis of your life, what would they say? Be honest. I think it depends on who is holding the pen or who is at the podium. In psychology, they say that everyone has a self-serving bias, meaning you only see the good in yourself. This week, we will take a look at the seventh king of the northern kingdom of Israel, Ahab. Let's jump in. I'm Monique, and this is Unfiltered Devotion. First Kings chapter 16, verses 29 through 34 reads, And in the thirty and eighth year of Asa, the king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Amri, to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Amri, reigned over Israel in Samaria twenty and two years. And Ahab, the son of Amri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass as if it was a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. In his day, Hiel the Bethelite built Jericho. He laid the foundations thereof in Abiram, his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof. And his youngest son, Segub. According to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. Verse 29 reads, And in the thirty and eighth year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Amri, to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Amri, reigned over Israel in Samaria twenty and two years. We are given the time of Ahab's reign as it overlapped Asa's reign in Judah. We are also given the name of his father, Amri, the sixth ruler of the northern kingdom of Israel. It was even noted in scripture that he did evil in the sight of the Lord more than any king before him. First Kings chapter 16 verses 25 Verses 21 through 28 is a brief record of Amri's rule. Verse 30 reads, And the son of Amri did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. Can we take a minute to note that same statement was made about his father? I mean, wow. That verse, the verse that comes to mind is, Train up a child in the way that he should go. I know that it is a calling to raise your children in a godly manner, but it also points to the importance of how we raise our children. It is so evident in today's society of how we have made God an option. Now our children are doing greater sins than the generations before them. I wonder if all the things that they're doing is the judgment for our neglect. Just the thought. Verse 31 reads, 
And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Naboth, that he took the wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbel, king of the Saldeans, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. The accounts of Jeroboam can be found in 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 26 through chapter 14. Initially, Jeroboam received a prophetic word that he would rule 10 tribes. Solomon became aware of this and attempted to kill him. After Solomon's death, his son ruled and tried to make the lives of the Israelites hard. So that is when Jeroboam led a rebellion and became the king of the northern kingdom. Like Saul and Solomon, he turned away from God, but he took it a step further. He had golden calves made for the people to worship and forced the priests to worship them also. Let's take a minute. God puts us in positions of power and prestige, not for us, but to have a kingdom representative in the room. We get so drunk on the praise and glory that comes along with these platforms that we forget who placed us there and why he placed us there. Can I call a spade a spade? I've been in rooms with pastors that wanted the congregants to serve them and wait on them hand and foot so that they wouldn't have to lift a finger. I don't recall Jesus sitting there and just demanding people to serve him. Let that sink in. Jesus had his feet washed, but he washed feet. Jesus was served meals, but he served meals also. Don't allow these titles to have you feeling entitled. Our crowns will be thrown at the feet of God in heaven. How about we start now while we're on earth? Moving on. This verse goes on to introduce Ahab's wife, Jezebel. She's the icing on his cake. We will discuss her more in future episodes. The two of them commit idolatry. You know, spiritual adultery. Verses 32 and 33 reads, And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. So let's take a moment. In Canaan, Baal was believed to be the God of fertility of the earth and of people. So it was a norm for people to have orgies or prostitute male and female in a temple of Baal. It was also a norm for children to be sacrificed and it was usually the firstborn. Baal was also worshipped as the sun god and the storm god, meaning he would bring about rains and water. Knowing this information makes it easier for me to understand Elijah's actions in 1 Kings 18 verses 20 through 40. When he challenged the false prophets to call on Baal to consume the sacrifice with fire. Then he does the same after they called on Baal for hours upon hours. And to add insult to injury, he poured water on top of his offering to El Elyon. 
I love using that in this moment. The most high God. Come on. I found it interesting for Baal to be worshipped as the sun God and the storm God. He could have easily, according to what their beliefs were, engulfed the sacrifice in flames. But God consumed all the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones representing the 12 tribes, the dust, and the water. God used the fire to consume the things that they made the idol Baal out of, the wood. Along with its supposed powers, it was known for the rain and the water. Elijah poured the water on his sacrifice and God lapped it up, leaving nothing behind just to show the awesomeness of his power and to get his people to turn back to him. But moving on, verse 34 reads, In his day did Hiel, the Bethelite, build Jericho. He laid the foundations thereof in Abiram, his firstborn, and set upon the gates thereof his youngest son, said go, according to the words of the Lord, which he spake by Joshua, son of Nun. If you were to read Joshua chapter 6, verses 26, there you will find the curse that Joshua pronounced. When Hiel began to rebuild Jericho, his eldest son died. And upon its completion, his youngest son died. Unfortunately, the deaths of his son were the consequences of his rebellion against God. Let's pray. Father, as you promote us in life, let us have a heart like David. We understand that David was not a perfect man. But when he understood that he offended you, he would be the first to admit it. He would come to you with his shortcomings, Father, and he would repent of his sins. Father, we want to be men and women after your heart. Before we get drunk on power, remove us from the platforms, Lord God. Before we turn our backs on you, Father, remove us from the room. God, and before we get to the point of arrogance and pride, Father God, humble us. We don't want your people to stumble or stray because of our ignorance. In your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.